Hello, I'm Olivia Swanson from New Chapter Coaching, and this is Emerging Stronger Together. Emerging Stronger Together is a four-part multimedia series for those who want to improve their nonprofit organizations in the areas of HR, operations, diversity, equity, inclusion, and fundraising. Each week, we will have a new chapter coaching strategic partner share their expertise, insights, and actionable strategies to help nonprofit leaders, board members, and staff improve their organizations in our communities and beyond. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast app and follow us on Facebook to stay up to date with the series and all things New Chapter Coaching. With me today is J.D. Bush, New Chapter Coaching strategic partner and expert in diversity, equity, inclusion. J.D., welcome to Emerging Stronger Together. Thank you, Olivia. It's a pleasure to be here today. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so happy to have you here. So please first tell everyone who you are and what you do with New Chapter Coaching. Well, like Olivia stated, my name is J.D. Bush and I go by the pronouns he, him, his. And I am a video producer as well as a digital storyteller who assists organizations in telling their unique stories. I'm also a certified diversity and inclusion facility trainer. So I help people um, navigate those waters of talking to their organizations about being more inclusive and diverse. And I get so much joy out of it, out of it because it makes me feel as if I'm contributing something meaningful to society. Yeah, that's amazing. And I can speak on behalf of JD's work and what he's done. And it's, it is impactful. And that's really great to see. And we're so glad to have him on our team. So one of the areas that JD specializes in is implicit bias, implicit bias training. So JD, tell us what is implicit bias? Well, basically, implicit bias is a term used to describe when we have attitudes toward people or associate stereotypes with them without our con conscious knowledge. So it's something that we do um, unwittingly, um, and it's something that can be can be worked on, but it's something that we definitely should be aware of. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have an example of implicit bias to help folks better understand what it looks like? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, there was a situation where at my former job that I worked at, I um, was kind of having a discussion with a older white woman and the conversation kind of got into a little, um, I guess, a disagreement. And I was um, very passionate about the topic that we were discussing. So um, I used a lot of hand gestures and movements and things like that to kind of exude that, that passion that I felt about the topic that we were talking about. And I noticed her body language change. It, she began to kind of have this fearful look as if she had something to worry about. Like I would, uh, you know, uh, actually physically harm her. She, at one point she even stepped back from me when we was talking about it. And when I called her out about it, she, um, cause I, I, I thought that it was racially motivated because she have had similar conversations with our boss who was a, um, 
white male and her reaction was totally different. It wasn't one of fear or dread or anything like that. She remained calm and she had, she was able to kind of continue the dialogue that they had going where she shut down with me. Um, and then when I called her out about it, because uh, I thought it was racially motivated because I thought the only thing that was different between me and him was our race. And she denied, um, you know, that it had anything to do with race. So I think that was a prime example of um, of implicit bias because I don't think it's something that she was conscious of. I don't think she was in any way being um, mean or she was trying to be um, racially biased. Um, and it went against what she, who she thought she was, but the reality of it, that she, she was actually being biased and she didn't even know it. So I, that's one example that I, um, that 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 I've experienced. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that, JD. And I'm, you know, first of all, sorry that that happened to you. And I, I think it is a great example of implicit bias. And just like you say, you know, something that we're unconscious of. And you know, she she denied it. And yet, even if the intention isn't there the impact is there. And that still made an impact on you. So thank you so much for sharing that, JD. Thank you. So JD, what are some of the some um, of the benefits of examining one's implicit bias and doing implicit bias training work? Well, I think for organizations, one of the benefits of examining implicit bias is you could avoid groupthink and have mm. um, a diverse collection of voices to be at the table when making decisions. Also, it helps the organization grow um, in terms of the diversity that it that that it has in this organ within the organization. Also, um, I think organizations should be diverse and be a reflection of the society that the or the community that they serve in order to better serve that community what better way to serve them than have folks that that represent the community within the organization oh, that's such a great point i love that point so much jd representation there is so important to you know better understand your clients and the folks that you are striving so hard to to serve um yeah that's a really excellent point so hopefully at this point, if you all are listening, you are, if you have not explored your own biases already, you are just ready to do so. So JD, if we do have folks listening um, who want to begin to examine their own implicit bias within themselves, how can they start doing that? Well, I think one way is by taking a self-evaluation when you're confronted mm -hmm. with situations where you make decisions to really ask yourself, am I making this off of the information that's in front of me, off um, concrete evidence of making this decision, or is there something else? And if there's something else, then you have to explore what that something else is. Um, say for instance, you're in a situation where you can make hiring decisions. Am I saying yes or no to this person based off whether or not um, there's some type of commonality that we have or a difference that we have in the event that I say no, um, or am I making the decision based off a person's qualifications, experience, 
and skills, things like that. Um, uh, so that's one way by doing a self-evaluation. Another way to examine implicit bias is to take the Harvard Implicit Association Test. And you can just Google those words, Harvard, Harvard Implicit Association Test, and um, you should get um, a website to where you can go and take tests. And it has tests on different identities that you can you can see if you maybe have an implicit bias toward one um, identity or another. So I think it's worth um, trying out. Also, another way is to afford organization to kind of mitigate any implicit bias that they might have in their culture is by um, making sure certain marginalized groups of people are um, included. One way that we do that here at the um, city of, for the city of Columbia, the organization that I work for is um, the Building Inclusive Communities team. We send out emails in acknowledgement of certain people with certain heritage, certain months, like for instance, Black History Month, we send out acknowledgments of Black History Month and notable um, notable historic events or notable people who's contributed to um, society to move it forward. So I think that that could be an excellent, those are some excellent tools in order to, to mitigate um, implicit biases that um, individuals and organizations may have. Yeah, those are great strategies, JD. I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, so you mentioned some identities that um, the Harvard um, test, for example, could help folks realize that they might have some implicit bias toward. What are some of those identities um, that we might have implicit bias toward? Well, there's um, the obvious ones that we talk about often is race um, could be one or sexual orientation, um, political affiliation. Also, it could be um, some things um, at, such as um, age. You know, in this day and age, um, there's this um, stereotype of millennials and, and saying that they're lazy and, and not willing to work, things like that. So um, we can um, work against those types types of um, implicit bias that we might have against those individuals by taking those tests as well. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. So JD, how has organizational resilience in beyond implicit bias, but in the areas of diversity, equity, inclusion, how has that changed um, within the past few years and since the beginning of COVID-19? Yeah, that's a good question. Thanks for asking. Um, I think in these last few years, we have seen somewhat of a movement um, in terms of being more conscious about the need for diversity and inclusion in the workplace. Um, in fact, you've seen organizations create whole departments and positions dedicated solely to that um, work of diversity and inclusion. And in light of um, the pandemic, I'm just fearful that um, organizations, you know, who are cutting costs and trying to get um, just the essential type of work that they don't um, feel like that's not an essential um, piece to their, their culture, that they should um, 
I, I feel that they should continue with that movement that I discussed earlier and continue to prioritize um, diversity and inclusion um, in, in the in the workplace because that's the only way we're going to um, really have um, representation across the board for the communities that we serve is by continuing to push the envelope when it comes to um, making that a priority, diversity and inclusion work. Yeah, absolutely. Prioritizing it is essential. So JD, if folks were to do um, work with you, specifically diversity, equity, inclusion, or implicit bias, what would that look like? Like, what, what would they get out of doing this, this work with you? Well, they'll definitely get someone who's experienced with working with different type of organizations. Mm -hmm. I work with people from health care to nonprofits to um, insurance. So um, they'll get somebody who's ex experienced in those areas and, and more with the city of Columbia. I've worked with um, a lot of different people from different backgrounds. Um, so they'll get um, work on things such as um, racism training, implicit bias, like we talked about, um, being able to talk through tough topics. So giving them the tools to have a dialogue with someone who might have a differing opinion than you opposed to a debate. Um, and we also talk about things that um, traditionally they tell you not to talk about. We talk about race, we talk about politics, we talk about religion. Um, so, um, in doing that, you'll get somebody that's kind of, um, well-versed in, in those areas, um, and, and more, I might be, be leaving some things out, but we talk about microaggressions and we talk about, um, um, like you talked about earlier, impact versus, um, intent. So mm -hmm. things like that. We are very grateful to have JD on our team. And another thing that I think makes him very unique is his ability to, um, customize his work to meet your specific nonprofit organization needs. Um, and so, you know, having that dialogue of, of where are those, um, areas of for growth for you all and where are your priorities and um, him able to, um, you know, it's not cookie cutter, you know, he's able to um, help in whatever areas are your biggest needs for your organization. So thank you so much, JD, for being here with us today and sharing all of your insight and or some of your insight and um, expertise and, um, and strategies. I know um, there's more where that came from. And we're really grateful that you shared with us what you did today. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. I enjoyed the time talking to you. So, and I uh, look forward to the next time. Yes, so do we. So with that, we'll remind everyone to take full advantage of all of the resources we have at newchaptercoach.com newchaptercoach.com. We have a free comprehensive list of resources on our website, as well as a sign up for our weekly newsletter, which includes free resources every week, nonprofit news, nonprofit spotlights, opportunities to connect with other nonprofit leaders, and more, if you can believe it. <laughs>
<laughs> so finally, don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook to stay up to date with all things new chapter coaching. Thank you so much, JD, for joining us today. If you have any questions or are interested in working with JD, um, email us at info at newchaptercoach.com info at newchaptercoach.com. And we'll see you next week for part four of Emerging Stronger Together, where Jamie Fredericks, New Chapter Coaching Strategic Partner in fundraising, will share her expertise in fundraising and how a nonprofit organization can be resilient in that field. So thank you all. And until then, we'll see you later.